844-416-8123. That's 844-416-8123. Here's your host, Sean Stanley. Don't forget you can take Onside Radio wherever you go. You can download free apps, radio.net, Podbean, Radio FM, MyTuner Radio, Simple Radio, Xeno Radio. Download any of the free apps and listen to your Onside Radio host. Visit the website radio, onsideradio.com to find all the links. You can take us on the go, all your hosts. Don't forget our programming tomorrow also back on air, 7 a.m. Sunday Sports Drop, and then at 9, it's Juan on Juan. Got hockey talk coming up next with Chirping the Cats Radio with David Dwork and then Little Football with Austin Robillard and Red Card Radio. I want to dive in now. AEW. Main event. And this is where I think AEW is understanding their audience, right? Darby Allen right now is is the TNT champion, right? He's on the TNT champion. He's working. They brought out the TNT uh what is it uh challenge John Silver from the Dark Order accepts and I thought they had a great match John Silver showed and he has been showing I don't even know why you know I kind of put down here showing he can go against Darby Allin in the main event but he's been showing that right when you look at being the elite show you see how entertaining he is right John Silver is, he understands what, what, what he is. He gets it, and he portrayed that. And unfortunately, he suffered a shoulder injury, so he's going to be out of action four to six weeks. But now, I want to see what AEW does. Because he can do so much more than just be in ring. I mean, how many times has he been on Dynamite? He hasn't been on Dynamite a whole lot. Wrestling. Entertaining-wise, yes, your promos, your backstage, him coming out, you see him all the time, and I, I tremendous. He does a tremendous job. Uh, QT Marshall, they're kind of they're, – they're, they're bringing out this side of QT going a different direction than what I thought they were going to do, honestly. I thought they were going to have uh, Lee – Johnson, I think Lee Johnson, right, was the, was the the student. And I thought they were going to have something where QT ends up turning on him a little bit. Now, fast forward a few weeks, and now he's going to get an exhibition mac- match against his best friend, Cody. And it's going to be an exhibition. You saw Cody come out with his arm in a sling uh, and, and kind of accept the exhibition. Very interested to see what AEW does with this. Because, again, now you you can take this in so many different directions. This is where I like what AEW does. And I don't know if it's the if it's Cody, if it's the Bucks, if it's Omega, if it's Tony Khan, combination of everybody. I, I believe if reports are correct, they get input from a lot of the talent as well. But you can see how... Everybody is kind of on the same page, but they have different ways. They're not painted into a corner with a lot of their writing the way that I was talking about WWE and what they've done with 
Randy Orton and The Fiend. They have not done that with a lot of their stuff. When you watch their angles and how they go, you think you might have the answer, but they also leave a little out, if you will, to where they can also hit a U-turn and go a different direction, which I think is happening here with the QT Marshall situation. And again, maybe they just let it be an exhibition. And in the exhibition, somehow QT fails, which now starts him getting even madder. And he doesn't really do anything with Cody. But they left it wide open. And, and that allows, as a fan, to believe that other things can happen. I'm not just narrow, narrow eyes set on, okay, what's this match going to be? No, because there's going to be uh, maybe an outside interference here, maybe a cheat here. They can go so many different directions. Arn Anderson, think about this. When the pinnacle, it wasn't even the pinnacle at that point. It was Sean Spears. FTR, Tolly Blanchard, right? It was the pay-per-view, actually, Revolution. When they were standing in the ring, did anybody expect Arn Anderson to come out? Did you expect him to come to the curtain? And then to throw up the four fingers? And then to give the, I'm watching you? That got my mind thinking that, oh, wait a minute. Cody might be the leader of this group. Then what do they do on AEW Dynamite? No, it's MJF. MJF is the leader of the pinnacle. Can they still add people? Of course. But again, this is the way AEW has right written their programming to where it's not just A goes to B. B goes to C. No, A could lead to D, and then it'll backtrack to B, hit C now to get to F. And that is what allows it to be such a fun program to watch because you don't know exactly what's going to happen. And their matches are usually out ahead of time. You know what's happening next week on a show. You're not finding out. Monday afternoon, that challenges are being issued. No, I know a week in advance. My mind's already running. Darby Allen defending the title against John Cell. I was like, oh, this match is going to be great. All the things that could happen. The Dark Order, could they interfere? Sting comes out. All that allows because it builds up the anticipation, the excitement, because they get it. And I'm not saying that WWE doesn't get it, but it feel, I feel like they've lost a lot of the touch of what the audience wants to see. I don't want to go so far as to say they don't care. It's getting to that point. Because if you want to watch wrestling on Monday night, what are you watching? Raw. If you want to watch wrestling on Friday night, what are you watching? SmackDown. And the whole thing about the competition, and, and I know people don't like the competition word, and, and I don't either. 
But let's look at something real quick. WWE NXT has been averaging about 600,000, 700,000. You have uh, AEW sometimes gets up into the million. We're on them up about 900,000, right? So total you got about 1.6 million. 1.6. Neither one of those. Raw's, I think, at about 1.7 consistently. And SmackDown is, is at about 1.8 consistently. The two shows on Wednesday are not even in the same ballpark as the show on Friday and Monday. So until those numbers are there, the people that want to call it a competition, which I don't think even AEW calls it a competition, they put out the best product that they can every week. That's their goal, and they're succeeding at that goal which is why their numbers stay and go up. They're not going down. They're not having to book pay-per-view style matches, although they do book pay-per-view style matches on Dynamite, but they're not having to do that to draw the audience in, which you see NXT doing. When they want a big number, what do they do? Oh, let's break out all the superstars. Let's bring some of the Raw or SmackDown guys down, and let's get some talent in. The elite, the drama that's going on there with the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. Looks like the Young Bucks finally made their decision and left Omega. The Good Brothers come out, help help him out after the Lucha Brothers leave him laying. And again, the thing that AEW does, and this is one of the things that I think maybe because all the executives are younger, they use social media so well. You have the two shows on YouTube channel right now, AEW Dark Elevation and AEW Dark. But then you also have the Being the Elite show, and I watched the last one that they just had. And Matt Hardy tells Matt Jackson that he was the one that texted, not Hangman, because remember, the whole thing started with Hangman and the Bucks about the text and then everything else. The episode ended with Matt looking to go talk to Hangman but Hangman was already dancing with the Dark Order. Looks like he kind of moved on from the Bucks, from the Elite, right? But they have taken a show like Being the Elite on social media, which has a big following before even AEW, and they are enlisting the help of those programs to extend storylines throughout AEW. And then you see it play out on TNT, their YouTube channels. Again, aligning all their social medias for one, one result. Getting eyes on the product. And that's what they do. And didn't even get into Britt Baker, so we'll definitely have to look at that at another time. Because she, uh, Big Tony was the one that actually asked me if I thought her losing hurted her credibility and everything there. No. This week, she said, I put AEW on the map. Those three letters, AEW, come second to the most epic three in all of pro wrestling, DMD. And that, to me, solidified what she means to AEW. She is the top woman heel in AEW, and and she's working her way as the top heel in AEW. 
Miami Dolphin fans can always count on the best coverage at OnsideRadio.com. Every week, keep up with your favorite team as Dolphins writer Omar Kelly joins us with exclusive reports. When news breaks, catch the EJDeconstruction.com Miami Dolphins report on the home. For Dolphins fans everywhere, OnsideRadio.com. Coming up, David Dork, Turbin to Cats, next. Find the podcast for the Squared Circle Digest on all podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Call the show, 888-441-4623. That's 888-441-4623. Here's your host, Sean Stanley. Wrapping up the hour here on Squared Circle Digest. I want to thank Abel for producing the full hour. Forgot to say uh, he was driving the show at the very beginning, so I apologize, Abel. But thank you for your contributions of allowing me and these beautiful dulcetone voices on the radio. And I'm not even sure if I used that correctly. So if I didn't, I'm going to move on right now and talk about Andrade being released from WWE this past Sunday night after the pay-per-view it came out. The one thing that caught me off guard with this whole thing was that he got a nine, no, I'm sorry, he did not get a 90-day no-compete clause, which means he's free to wrestle right away. He had requested his trade. It was denied, or his trade. He was requested his release. It was denied. Then, less than, uh, what, two days later, I guess, he does get his release, and then they give him a nine, no 90-day no-compete clause. A lot of people think I thought um, was going to uh, show up at uh, Ring of Honor. He did not, which apparently uh, per Fightful.com reporting that that was actually recorded uh, last week, which is possibly why he did not show there. Now all eyes, I guess, kind of go to Aleister Black, and let's see if he returns to WWE TV as he's been off since October. So we'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of releases, I'm going to bring in uh, David Dwork from Chirping the Cats Radio. He's coming away next. Panthers had a release this week, I believe. Uh, they did waive Anton Strawman, mm-hmm. uh, so he will uh, we'll find out in about two hours for sure. But I I, I don't think he'll be uh, claimed by anybody because he's still got five and a half million the rest of this year and next year. So, uh, yeah. That's the second veteran player that they've waived yeah. uh, this season. That they did the same with Brett Connolly, who was put back on the taxi squad uh, two days ago as well. So it, it's interesting that they're working the taxi squad. You gotta you gotta work with the the tools that you're given, right? Is, is that what this is though? This is kind of just inner workings of what they're having to work with by waving and releasing and kind of I guess bringing back the taxi squad. I'm not understanding the whole thing of how it works. So Yeah, I mean, basically, for, for guys like this who are, like, established NHL players with one-way contracts, if you waive them, I mean, anybody you waive, you're exposing, mm-hmm. and anybody can pick them up. If somebody picks them up, they have to keep them on their roster. Okay. So that's, that's the, you know, the little snafu or whatever to it. So Florida waving a guy like Brett Connolly, a guy like Anton Strawman, they both have time, money, and term left on their deal, so it's unlikely they get picked up. However... On the flip side, what is it saying about a couple of guys who just were signed last summer, or summer 2019, by Dale Talon, his last summer with the team, and now they're so expendable that they're being waived? <laughs> like, that's what their place is on the roster right now. Wow, that's um, – what do you got coming up on the show real quick? Uh, I want to get into, uh, obviously, uh, the Big Panther news this week was uh, Sasha Barkov getting injured out with a lower body injury. Hopefully, we'll be back uh, today or tomorrow. Q said there's a chance he comes back this weekend. But uh, we got to talk about 
the impact of losing Barkov because we saw two games without him, <laughs> and it's a little scary. <laughs> Real scary. Especially the Tuesday game where it was he came out for warm-ups and then he was like a late scratch, and I think the shell shock of losing your best player just reverberated from top to bottom because they looked like a completely different team mm-hmm. than we'd seen all year. And and granted, like it's not like you take their best player out and you know all of a sudden they're gonna be it's fine, no big deal. No, you you lose your best player, it's gonna hit you. Um, we'll see how sustainable it is. Hopefully he'll be back. But I think it also may have opened the uh, the front office's eyes a little bit as to maybe we could use a little bit extra. Maybe we could use a little insurance policy should an injury pop up. Now. Well, you're probably talking about your show, but is that a possibility? Where, what's, oh, yeah. Is there a trade deadline in yes. the NHL? Or when the trade is that deadline is in nine days. Nine days. So the NBA just Rooney. ended, and now you got the NHL coming yep. up. A week from Monday. A week from Monday. April now, 12th. Uh, if you had one guy, who would you take? Oof. Uh, and he was available. I mean, no, of course, no, no, of I mean, course. Just, uh, you know, there's a couple of guys. Uh Obviously, the big name is Evgeny Malkin that I, that I kind of keep kind of going back towards only because he doesn't really have that much money left. He'd be a good addition. He'd be some de- center depth. Obviously, he can score. He wants to be here. His wife and his kid live down here. Hmm. And they want him down here. So he wants to be in South Florida. Um, and so if they can make that work, if Pittsburgh is willing to, to kind of say, you know what, we're, we're not looking at because why would they give up him Malkin when they're trying to make a playoff run yeah. themselves? Um and then there's also Luke Glendening in Detroit, who uh, Florida Hockey Now writer George Richards kind of turned me on to earlier this week as a possible availability for some uh, depth down the middle as well. So we'll just have to see how it plays out because they've got, like I said, they've got nine days. A little scare this week, losing yeah. Barkov and seeing, oh, oh shit, this is what could yeah. happen. So I, I think that might play a part. Yeah, we definitely look like a whole different team. Well, he'll have that and a lot more coming up on Turbin the Cats Radio with David Dork. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I'll be back here next Saturday. 9 a.m. Squared Circle Digest. Trepping to Catch Radio. David Dork coming up next right here at OnsideRadio.com. This is the official.